The Lord be with you. Awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the beauty of the day, the life and breath, all that you've given us. Thank you for our children that you've blessed us with. We uh, ask now as we come to discuss what it means to be parents, particularly in this area of discipline. Lord, we need help. So we invite you now into this space as we talk about this material. Be with us in our conversation today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So classic Justin I assigned. I was like, what chapters did I assign? And there's no way you actually read all this. There's one chapter in the, the new book, and there were four random chapters, 2, 9, 12, and 15, uh, that all had to do with discipline and the um, duties of parents. And we were talking, it was like, this is probably the subject where these two books are probably diverge the most, not in, a, not in like a theoretical sense, but in, how did you describe There's a it? sense of, of imbalance. If you just read Duties of Parents, I think as a parent in this stage of life, I'm walking out feeling defeated and overwhelmed and very much burdened without a whole lot of productive solutions that then balance well with this book. This gets more into the, the practical support and engagement that I think as parents were like, okay, yeah, but how do I, you know, and he's like, it's important to (laughs) discipline. You should do that. And this guy's like, well, let's talk about that. And what I like is that they, and both of these, we'll just say it right off the bat. We're not going to go into so much technique, particularly when it comes into like, um, you know, like, uh, corporal punishments being that sort of thing in fact like i just want to clear the air with some of this it talks about like one chapter was even called like the rod i think and something like that in in the bible the rod is an is a metaphor for for discipline right it doesn't give an example like this isn't something that you must do and we talked last night when we were in seminary we went to i was like didn't we go see like paul david tripp talk and about parenting and i was like even then when it got to like the spanking concept and stuff, he he gave a lot of time for it, a lot of time, and it was very structured and very um, thought out in how he presented it. I don't believe that we are equipped today to to take that on. That almost seems like Wouldn't another be the best use yeah, of our time, isn't. and it doesn't go into it. Which but is I great. realize as a parent, as parents who have sat in this and in the church, that is a huge uh, component. Often, I think that conversations do um, kind of meander to so. Um, but we're not going to get really into yeah. any of that directly. We're really today. probably not even going to. Again, my takeaway in Ryle. Uh, is discipline's important. Yes. You should, because if you spoil your child, if you don't do that, you're turning... What, what is the phrase that, like, the last bit, like, the conclusion was... Oh, what um, did I say? It was like, go oh, to page yeah. 15. It's the yeah. last it's line. It's the on last page. line. Chapter this 15. is so perfect. So, <laughs> children, or parents are ra- rarely ever too cautious when it comes to discipline. Remember the natural depravity of your children apart from God's grace, and take care. Take care. And, <laughs> and like, yeah, that's that's right. So I get, yeah. Well, again, I, but so, yeah, again, yeah, so, and, and this is where 
we live in a therapeutic culture today. So it is important. This is the whole reason we chose something from a long time ago and something from today that it does show blind spots. Like we are very prone to just like turn aside the depravity of the human being, uh, even in children. Like we all, I think, instinctively believe that children uh, are these like blank slates that are wonderful, wonderfully innocent. There's a sense of innocence, but like the Bible is clear and he makes it clear uh, to do nothing, to not discipline, is not to love your child at all. So talk about, um, I don't even know where it was. Y'all, I fell asleep last night putting the kids to bed, and I came out like, I know I haven't read it yet. I got to do it. I'll read it. I promise. Like, we'll talk about it. It was like 930. I had a panic attack. I was like, I'm not going to be able to talk about this by um, myself. If you. But somewhere in here it goes um, discipline to discipleship, and it does yeah. the word entomology stuff. And so go into that some. Well, can I share? I will because it's right. It's right at the beginning, and so if you notice, it doesn't take a linguistic expert to realize discipline and discipleship are very similar. And so he talks about. But that. I'm not going to lie. I had never like let my brain land there. Yeah, I mean, he actually goes out of his way to italicize when he's talking about discipleship because our mind will naturally read um, discipline or something like that. So. But I just wanted to share this part that really resonated with the whole of why we're talking about discipline and the importance of it. Is he, he shares this story of coming home, and he's got several kids. One of them is about 18 months old, and uh, he picks up the 18-month-old, and the, and the child, like, slaps him in the face. And he's, you know, oh, you know, don't do that. No, no. The children come. And so he says, I, I wouldn't call myself a pushover in my natural, unredeemed state. I'm prone to barking orders sending people out of the room for sole mistakes, and disciplining without counting to three. But Shep was a mere 18 months old at the time of this particular smack. Surely, I think to myself, he didn't mean it. He's simply excitable. It was only a mistake. So I hold up a finger, uh, so I hold a finger up to Coulter and to Ash, as other children, to wait, and to look at Shep and talk to him in my stern voice. Shepherd, I know, uh, I now say his name like it's two words. Do not hit. He looks at me, and I see the fullness of humanity staring back. I see the excitement. I see the confusion. I see the churning of the development of the brain. I see the angels and the demons of his nature. I see war and peace and love and range. I see myself. I see us all. I see a real live human being. What I did not see is his left hand as he hauls off and smacks me again, this time harder. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so I think that's where we all have been at some point. And he says, what I don't want to do in this moment is the real work of parenting. I don't want to stop everything and do the work of understanding the fullness of my child's humanity, to act and speak in an age-relevant way to engage his heart and mind, and to try to balance the delicate mix of firm authority and gentle compassion that it takes to disciple this child towards love and reconciliation. I share that because I think that sets the task out of what we're trying to do. Um, he says the, the moments of discipline are so hard because there's this gap between what we want to do and what they actually need from us. Um, and it seems like it would have been very easy for him, and where I could see this going in like, uh, you know, how would this go in our house? Like it would be very easy to like put the 18 month old down and let it get swooped up in, in the continued chaos of the welcome and, and the energy and just going on. But at the end of the chapter, he does 
share that what he did in that moment was he he stayed with the 18 month old he winked at the big boys mm -hmm. right because how often have our children you know they learn a lot our children learn a lot not just the child being disciplined but the children watching the child being disciplined that says a lot about who who, yeah. who we are as parents and our love um, and the love of the father that we're, we're reflecting in that but he he winked at the big boys like oh i'm gonna and they all know you know like okay and he takes the 18 month old upstairs and he says he sits down in the, in the chair and he knows, and I think this is what's so important and critical. And I think that this is, in, in my experience of doing different parenting groups, it kind of tends to boil down to, I just don't know the development of my child. I don't know what is developmentally appropriate and where my expectations should lie. And he does a great job of articulating a glimpse of that to say that his 18 month old does not know an apology right but he does know to repeat words and so he said that he sits down with his son and he goes shep we don't hit say yes dada shep we don't hit say yes dada and so you're seeing he's saying he's had to do this a couple times because his child was not brought into that that obedience that shepherding moment and then finally he says it again like shep we don't hit say yes dada and you see the child at that point come into submission to say yes dada and then he didn't just say, okay, good, and they moved back on. He said he ends well by then the tickles, the hugs, the kisses, the laughs. And there's just a full picture of a child has been brought under to obedience, but then there's a restoration of that joy and that intimacy um, before leaving that space to go in and, and re-enter the family. So I want to keep that in mind as we do talk about discipline, because I think he is getting at that, that every child in, in a different stage of their life is going to need, and in their personalities, is going to need discipline and need to be brought under that, that heart of, of longing to be led, right? Because we don't want that. We want to be left to our own devices. That's our sin. But to, to say what is expected of, a, of an 18-month-old versus a 5-year-old, and then how I did this with an 18-month-old actually has, in this whole time, formed where my five-year-old is and where they need obedience and, and discipline. And that can be overwhelming. I mean, as a parent, right then, what I want to do is I want to shut down and I want to run. Mm -hmm. And I tend to shy away because I'm like, oh, I'm either going to completely mess this up and I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that I'm messing this up. Um, or I just feel overwhelmed with my choices, or I don't know my choices, and this is just going to be too hard. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely really impressed with early and the way he he does. I mean, it's kind of the way that you had education and a lot of like child development and stuff like that, and I I didn't. And so a lot of our story was me learning about the differences, as I said last week, of like the difference between an eighteen month and a four year old and an eight year old. You know, and um, he really does give a lot of credence to to that and, and talks about it. One of the things that also stood out to me in this is this confluence of both like our duty as a parent to give our children what they need, but recognizing that discipline is so much about our own hearts before the Lord, our own mm. discipleship, because we have a desire for control. We have, I love it, on, if you have the book, page 73 through 76 talks about all the instincts mm -hmm. that are natural. And this is why, again, he talks about habits, the importance of habits um, to help discipline so that we're actually giving them what they need as opposed to what will instinctively come out of us, right? Because our instincts, more often than not, when we are wronged, when we, is to want control, mm -hmm. to want you know, selfishness. And so, 
I really related. We talked to, oh, before you, so we'll talk about the instincts in a second, but like, I love this quote because it does talk about the, the difference between the, in the duty of parents, but like discipling versus discipleship or discipline. Um, when we see our children as problems to be managed mm-hmm. instead of image bearers to be discipled, we end up making moments of discipline about our convenience instead about their discipleship. And that goes so much to what we've kind of hit on before. And, and we, when we first found out we were pregnant, we were actually in marriage counseling, like with Grace Anna. Um, and it was, it was a wild time. Um, and our marriage counselor gave us this great book called Parenting from the Inside Out. Because I think before we, like, we could try and tackle this. Like, today I'm going to parent my child this way. Uh, this book is great. It's giving me this great advice. But if we're not assessing how we were disciplined, mm-hmm. or let's hope, I mean, so many of us, I was not disciplined to discipleship, right? That was not my, my upbringing. But if we can't assess how we were disciplined and take that under the authority of God and his fullness and his goodness and what flourishing would look like, we all know we're parenting out of our own brokenness and our own desires for this convenience, for this control. And then it goes back to, I mean, last night reading this, we, we sat down and, and you posed the question of, okay, so where do you see this in my parenting? And, and where would you say we can grow or you could grow? And then, and then we asked the same question back. There is a, a, a need for connection in a marriage to be able to communicate um, through this, right? Because that's hard. It's hard for you. It was hard. I think back, like, we would not have been in a place where you could have sat down and said, hey, how can I do better and receive that? And I certainly would not have been in a place where I could have received or been able to communicate kindness um, in that, vice versa. Um, so I think that's where we have to p- pray and, and be playing with one another first um, in order to be able to even move forward in in discipling our children. So talk about some of the instincts that we tend to have in the moment when we need to discipline. Which one did which one resonated with you? Oh, I'm a control. I'm a complete control and it's in is um I probably this like I'm frustrated and exhausted. Like I know that we're at the breaking point and thing and we've just had a whole life shift kind of based around this and the calling of parents that like the things we were doing in our life were not aligning to this call to be able to discipline and disciple our children well and so for me it's like there's stuff happening between the kids like chaos has ensued there's conflict what do I want to do I am really good at asserting authority in a dominant way to where my children are going to be like okay like enough and it really doesn't get to their heart it's just getting to this point of this can't happen right now because dinner is burning and there's laundry piles all around the house that are bearing down on me and all of that is making it to where I can't actually attend to the hearts of my children and disciple them well so clearly I'm disordered I've disordered my priorities right um in in the kingdom vision of why we are parents and and why the home matters. So mine is control. Yeah, you're 
So on page 75, it says, these are all the various, what we tend to think, what our instincts are. You're, I'm frustrated and exhausted. Mm-hmm. I need to assert control to get the right result as fast as possible. Yeah. I, on um, the last page, I was like, oh, this hurts <laughs> to read because it's true. I'm embarrassed and I need to manage my reputation here is often my instinct when I see my children either misbehaving or uh, in the need to discipline. But you did something really great when you, when we hit this last night. You're like, oh, that's not like Enneagram three, and so I mean maybe you, it doesn't matter about the Enneagram, but what that did in that moment, and I was really proud of us to be able to do this, is that showed that you have a self awareness. You've done the work and are doing the work within yourself to be able to even read this and go, that's where I am. That's where I tend to go, mm-hmm. and so then you were able to carry that over to parenting. So I don't think this would have even. Yeah, I mean, hit in a good in a good way many years ago. If you'd not done that, you, you know, how do I come into this world as a sinner? Yeah, we've talked before about like I think in premarital counseling that was where you know we we'd heard oh yeah family of origin stuff that's that's important you should look at it. I'm like uh huh yep I've, I've learned all that and in marriage it was like okay yeah family of origin that's important that sort of thing having children mm-hmm. oh man. I get it. What was what did we talk about the whole thing? It's how we're shaped has such a profound impact on what we instinctively do, right, with with our kids. Talk about so that he spends the rest of the chapter on like this pyramid of discipline. Would you like to explain that? Can you get a copy of that? Do some small groups. Oh yeah. So did y'all see the copies of that? It's on the, the, the yeah the pyramid. So these, by the way, these parent answers this week, man, they were super encouraging. I loved it. Um, oh. So he does this pyramid, and the foundation for this pyramid of discipline is loving authority. And I love that he talked about in this, um, he gives just enough to where you kind of can see and, and relate as a parent and as a broken person, um, but fear, you know, and, and I think so much of the church has often given that um, language to parents. Like, you're, like, we fear God, your children, you know, there needs to be this healthy fear of, of who your parents are and, and what control and authority they have. But um, this, is, this is that loving authority is the foundation that from all, all your discipline is, is throwing through, going through that loving authority. Um, and that's where Ryle, I think in chapter mm-hmm. two, if you can not let the other chapters get yeah. to you. <laughs> Don't let 90% of what he says yeah. on discipline dissuade you from actually what he does say about ten- but, but tenderness. Right tenderness, affection, and patience mm-hmm. is what he talks about right up at the front, you know, in this task of parenting. And so he does talk about it, but... I like this one a little better because he gives us some, like, what does that look you like? You have to have a relational role to stand in, right? Um, they, ha- they need to know that you're in charge, right? And that they need a parent in charge. But that's so often, um, I can think back to when we lived in Philadelphia. And, I mean, we were right there, like, city streets, buses flying down. Um, and our kids, Grace Anna, learned how to walk. Like right by buses flying Lord by, and then here now I'm like, oh my gosh, she's on this, um, she's on the sidewalk in our very quaint, lovely Suburban neighborhood. Movie. But I'm gonna need to watch her walk five houses down. I'm like, what has happened? Um, fear, right? I uh, the um, Valerie Elliott, man, she rocked it the other night when she modeled that like her mother was like 
you weren't afraid, were you? Like, the Lord was with you. As, as she talked about her daughter, like, walking in the jungle. And I was like, yeah, I need to get called back to that. Like, I'm way too fearful. But, um, oh, I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, I can think back to, like, Grace Anna walking down the street. And, and we had some other children that I kept. Um, but I had leaned on this, on this thing where I would say to her, hear my voice. I love you. Stop. Because I said, that's where I want her to hear the Lord later on. Is the Lord, I want you to know that hear the Lord's voice. He loves you. And that's why he's going to tell you something, right? That's why I'm telling you these things, not because I'm your bossy mama, but because I love you. And that often doesn't need that. Where, where I think in parenting we, we hit the tension is that, um, is this the point developmentally where my child needs to hear the eight reasons why I said stop? Or is this a point where my child just needs to trust that I love them and that my authority is keeping them in good, right? That's my intention. So that, that loving authority, they need to know that you're in charge. But I think that that comes not beginning with stern admonishment, but the soothing language and tenderness of love. The, the physical touch that holds a hand, um, that whispers in an ear not to bring shame to a child in our disciplining. Um, but then it goes into pausing, right? He says that's a good habit to pause. We said that I'm better at that. You're Ooh, not. I never do that. I just never do that. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't do it all the time, right? Like, we don't do any of these perfectly, nor can well, we. Yes. Um, pray and talk to yourself. He... Um, he gave a great little example of that, of what that would look like um, for for praying before you enter into trying to discipline your child. Using body language and, and space more than words and threats. That's a huge one that I think... It's a whole paradigm I just never even understood. Using your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does he say? Um, man, this is like 939. <laughs> Well, that it's important, obviously, to use... Uh... I think that's part of why Jesus counsels us to pull a brother or sister aside and first confront them just between the two of uh-huh. you. I think if you're parenting siblings, man, that's really hard. Uh, but how much does that show your child the individual honor that you have for them and the respect? As well as then the other children are seeing that. Um, I don't think we do that, but we're probably just in a place now where, where this could really be a heavy weight that we need to to start doing better with um that made me think of the there's a footnote in the round book and i was like oh i actually really like this because he i resonate a lot with the going to threats like defaulting to threats again i'm gonna take away all your i get loud and i get threatening (laughs) and because it's easier for me and they're gonna be afraid of me and i can control the situation and Ryle says this, and I don't, I mean, he just said it right to me, but some parents and carers have a way of saying, don't do that to their boy or girl for every little thing, and often without good reason. This is a very foolish habit to get into. <laughs> Words of blame should never be used without real reason. And so we see this right now with Eleanor. So Eleanor is almost one, and we, the one thing that we've really done no, no, no on is the electrical, electrical outlets. <laughs> Um, just, and cause I'm not like a baby proofer because I think that that is like, I want to be at some point if I'm baby proofed, I'm going to have to unbaby proof and then I'm going to have to hit the lessons. So I can just do this now. Um, so we, with the electrical outlets, it's no, no, no. And she looks at us and she'll kind of crawl away and we're like, 
great job, Eleanor. She's so different than the other two. But then sometimes she doesn't. And so he really gets into, okay, that's the point. And that's the point, the the paradigm in all of our parenting moments of discipline of, man, I just said, no, no, no. And she's still there and she's still going for it. What do I have to do? I have to get up disrupt whatever comfort or whatever you know job I'm in and I have to go and and complete this process lovingly right no 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 Eleanor we're not going to go to that the outlet um, but what we saw in that that this is is talking about and what you just said is that what we had to do is tell the other kids they had to stop saying no 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 all the time because it was losing its weight. Because they were saying to her, no, 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 Eleanor. No, 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 Eleanor. Like, even if she's just, like, crawling into their room. But we <laughs> said, no, this is the one area where this is really important right now. Um, and in child development, too, and I think this is the difference of what, what I brought into parenting is um, having, and, and that kind of goes into this whole thing of what forms us, is there's these little rhythms in our days that we've set up, Right. So, like, the bedtime story is a big thing in our house. Like, each kid gets their book. We, we snuggle. We read this book. And really, as much as I don't like taking away books and book time, I don't take away our presence. We never have, like, left. Like, we always will do bedtime snuggling. But our kids know that that book time is, is kind of this negotiable, like, it's an if-then. If you do not brush your teeth, and get in your pajamas with your book and be ready, then you will not get your book. And it's having those consistent if-thens, which rest well and are implemented well if you have set up the structure of your household to have a lot of those little moments in the morning um, or throughout the day or when you come home that enable you to use that language consistently if this, than this. And it, it doesn't even have to be consequential. It's just, yeah. if we spill something, then we clean it up. Um, and using that modeled, simple language that sets up the structure that disciplines the person, but ultimately is discipling them into being um, Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I thought you, you would talk about that last night, the importance of consequences or just like the clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's established, right? The bottom is the loving authority. So you have that and all of these other things go with it. Do you want to, I want to get to small groups since we didn't last time, but talk a little bit about confession and reconciliation. Like, um, um, okay. So y'all probably remember a couple years ago, there was kind of like a, a thing going around, like the parenting social media worlds of don't tell your kids to apologize. Right. It was like, don't tell, I can remember this maybe, I mean, we have an eight-year-old. Maybe does anybody know this? Has anybody heard that? I can remember seeing this in child development world, where there was a shift of um, don't tell children to apologize because then you're not creating authentic apologies. They're just apologizing in order to get done and move on. You're not like you can't. Yes. So. Right. We're not advocating. So we're not advocating. I'm just saying if that was something that you were exposed to and are bringing into this, I think the Habits of the Household does a wonderful job, um, and, and all of this content does, of, of there's a difference in saying to your child, go apologize, say sorry, right? And oftentimes that's coming out of the parent, like, 
I need this, this to appear well. I'm gonna tell my kid to apologize because that's gonna save face for me. Right. My kid's gonna apologize and we can get out of this uncomfortable moment as quick as possible. Or I don't wanna engage and I'm tired. And right. Um, control. I loved his three questions that he asked. I can't remember where they were, but um, do you? Yeah, the three W's. What, yeah. Like, what, what did you think was going to happen when you did that? And what do you think the other person? Yeah. Yes. Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, what did you do? What did you think was going to happen when you did that? What did you want the other person to feel when you did that? Um, those are great. I think these, especially as we do like sibling or parent to child, setting that script up for apologies is a really great approach. Um, then moving forward with a conf that confession, um, the extension of forgiveness, explaining to children that forgiveness means this is finished. You know, we don't come back to this over our sibling's head or our parent's head or our child's head later. And as parents, don't we want to do that, right? Like, we don't forgive well. We're often going back to, oh, you've done this before. No, it was forgiven. It was forgiven and finished. Um, Thank you. I'm so glad. That was exactly it. I think that's, that was a, messy, that's a great. No, that's perfect. That was awesome.